so glad you could join us for the mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. This morning uh, we're going to continue our focus on God's presence and His Word and we're going to have a, another reading. We're going to uh, cross uh, to a couple blocks away. Um, we do confess that this is pre-recorded, uh, not this bit. What we're about to show is pre-recorded uh, and Jeanette Ford's going to read uh, from God's Word for us this morning. Thanks, Jeanette. Good morning. Today's Bible reading is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15 and starting at verse 11, reading till the end of the chapter. Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11. The parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out, to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you 
and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when his, this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the word of God. Thank you, Jeanette. I have to say amen to Cheryl's comment that you are a Bible-reading superstar. Thank you so much for taking the time this week to record that um, so that we could share that with our church family. Uh, and it would be remiss of me seeing it come up on the chat not to say hello to my sister uh, joining us this morning from Umundi. Um, so yes, Community Baptist Church, we're stretching the word of community all the way across uh, state borders, uh, which isn't an easy thing to do in a season like this. So good morning, Rach. Um, this morning uh, I'm sitting on a stool uh, and that's not the only thing that's a little bit different. We're taking a little bit of a different approach this morning uh, rather than start with a Bible passage or a theme and, and unpack that for this morning. I, I just really felt compelled this morning to share a bit of my own personal story uh, of life about a season of my life that I was overwhelmed, and I'm going to connect that uh, with our, our theme, as you can see over my shoulder there, of abide for this year. That's our, our vision theme for this year about learning to abide in a deeper way with Jesus. And uh, that verse in John 15:5 that says, Abide in me and you will be abundantly fruitful. Apart from me, uh, you can achieve nothing. And, and so I wanted to connect those uh, few things together this morning, uh, and, and hopefully there will be an encouragement uh, to everyone who's who's joining us this morning. In this season of life, there are a lot of words that we're using that we don't normally use so much. Uh, one of those words is unprecedented. Uh, another word I haven't used so much for a while is exponential. Uh, isolation, uh, lockdown, uh, they're, they're all words that aren't really part of our normal. Uh, if we rewind the clock four months, they're not part of our normal uh, colloquial speech, our, our normal conversation in life, but they've become part of that. Uh, another word that's become a part of uh, speech and thought, at least, is a sense of being overwhelmed. Uh, and uh, there's been so much change uh, in our lives at the moment uh, that, that many people are feeling overwhelmed. Uh, some people are feeling overwhelmed by the idea of, of simply being at home with their with their family that they love, but but the thought of spending every waking and sleeping moment without any kind of chance to go off to work or or or, or to to do things uh, for themselves uh, is overwhelming. Uh, for some, the the fear of of actually getting sick is overwhelming. For some, the fear of loss of employment and all of those kind of things is is overwhelming. It's it's an experience. Uh, one of those words unprecedented in our lifetime, and, and just simply that fact is overwhelming. And so as I said, I felt led to, to share some of my own story. Um, it's remarkable to think that this goes back to 2013, that's about seven years ago, uh, when uh, I was uh, in a moment of burnout, uh, a moment of being overwhelmed, and, and it's really this, this sense of abiding 
in Jesus, that was a turning point in my life, as we'll get to. Uh, I do want to warn you, if, if there's, um, uh, I guess they call this a trigger warning, um, it's not too nasty, but there are some thoughts uh, uh, of um, uh, death uh, involved or thinking about death in, in my story in this season for a little while. Um, so I just want you to be mindful of who you're participating with. It's not too serious, but I don't want you to be blindsided by that. Um, so, the, so the, the, the key moment in this story of my life goes back to May 2013. Um, thank you, Jeanette, for reading the, 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 the story of the prodigal son. Uh, it's, it's, it was a long reading to throw to her for the first time, trying to record that herself. Uh, but I really wanted to begin with that story. And in a sense, uh, the reason is we often think about the, um, the prodigal son, the one who went off, and we less often think about the son uh, who in that story is the older son who stayed home. Uh, and so, uh, in a sense, I was the son who stayed home, uh, not because I was the older son or because I literally stayed home when I finished school. I, I left home to go to uni, but, but I, I was the son who stayed home, in a sense, with God. I was brought up in a Christian family and, um, and never had this season in my life where I went off and, and uh, did my season of wild living. Um, and so I was the son who stayed home, which will pick up that thought uh, as we go on. Um, after school, I, I did go to Sydney for uni. I was a physiotherapist. I worked three years full-time as a physiotherapist. Uh, then I went to Bible college full-time for four years. In that season, I got married to my beautiful wife. Um, we had two children, and I was working uh, in a great church uh, called Grace Point uh, in uh, the eastern suburbs of Sydney. In the first five years of our marriage, so we got married in 2008, uh, so leading up to 2013 uh, where this story is anchored, we'd moved house about, I think it was six times in five years. Um, so the longest we'd ever lived in a house as a married couple uh, was about nine months. We got, we got up to 18 months in the last house we lived in before we moved to Yass, uh, where we clocked up five years in our first house in, in Yass just before moving. Um, and so... All of this put together with, you know, so I was, I was, I was studying full-time, um, lots of life change. Uh, I was also working three or four days a week during that and then full-time. Um, it, it, it really just, uh, in hindsight, was simply more than I could handle uh, personally and so that caught up with me. Uh, plus, uh, I've got a reasonable dose of uh, perfectionism uh, in me and so there's a sense in which... Uh, uh, not that I expect others, or maybe I'm wrong, maybe others who know me better can, can uh, rebuff me, but it's not so much that I expect others to be perfect, but I expect myself to be perfect. Uh, and so I had this great fear of failing as a pastor, fear of failing as a husband and a father, um, and, and, and this great sense of seeking approval, constantly wanting to be told that not, you know, and, and when you've got the perfectionism thing, it's, it's not just... Uh, seeking normal approval, you, you want to know that everyone thinks you're perfect, which if you've met me, that's not going to happen. Um, and so on top of that were, were, were my own perceived expectations of, of what I expected of myself and what I felt like other people had expected of me. Uh, on top of that was, was, a, was a financial stress uh, for us as a family, trying to live in the, uh, say, poor man eastern suburbs, kind of for those who are, uh, are aware of Sydney, we were west of Anzac Parade, which made it not the real eastern suburbs. Uh, but um, the stress of trying to... to lived there financially and, and, and all of that um, all built up together. And so uh, 
overwhelmed with what I, I, I really was. Uh, I probably didn't actually, even until recently, have that word to put on that time of actually what I was experiencing was a sense of being overwhelmed. Uh, I was emotionally exhausted uh, and I was somewhat depressed. Um, uh, and by that I mean uh, not that I have like a sense of clinical depression or, or something else going on in my body, but I just was not happy uh, in life. As much as I loved my family and loved my life, I was, I was just not happy. Uh, and so in May 2013, uh, my wife and I were on a, on a pastor's retreat that was ran by the senior pastor of uh, the church we're at, at Grace Point. Um, it was a great time. It's in a beautiful place, like this amazing uh, retreat center, uh, just inland from the central coast a little bit. Um, it's a beautiful place. And so I found myself there just wanting more from God. Uh, I, I, I knew I just needed something, a sense of I can't possibly go on without uh, some kind of divine intervention from God. I was expecting more for him. Uh, I was feeling like I deserved more from him. And so this is where that older brother, that the, the brother that stayed home sense comes into that story of like, well, I, I never ran away, God. I've been serving you. I've been working hard for you. I've been slaving away for you. And so that didn't come. And to me at that conference, it felt like everybody else that was there was getting absolutely blown off their socks by God's presence. Like we sang about this morning, we want to be uh, overwhelmed by your presence. And it felt like everybody else there was experiencing that. That may or may not have been true, but that was my perception. And, and I was there just desperate for God and feeling like I was getting nothing. And so um, throughout uh, the months leading up to that point, uh, I would wake up crying uh, I would just, and then, you know, I'd wake up and I'd been crying in my dream or whatever. And uh, of course, being a perfectionist and trying to be a perfect husband, I tried to unsuccessfully hide that from my wife. Um, and and I'd, I'd just be in tears uh, in bed when I finally had a chance to just let it all out. And and, and so at this conference, that that uh, private secret crying turned into very public, messy, you know, that kind of snot everywhere. Um, no longer can I pretend that I have everything together kind of crying. And so basically what, what happened is uh, I hit breaking point. And, and, the, and the realization for me was uh, at that conference, sitting there wanting more from God, worshiping Him, I just had this moment of clarity that constantly thinking of my own death, I, I never planned or made any plans or processes to take my life. I, I wasn't suicidal in that sense, but I was constantly thinking of my own death. As, a, as an escape from being overwhelmed. Um, and I just had this moment of clarity that that's probably not a good thing, to be so overwhelmed in my life. And you might think, well, that's a bit daft to take it to that point before you realize that's not good. But to, I just had this moment of clarity that to be so overwhelmed in my life to the point where my only kind of way out in thought was to think about Death. As I say, I never planned on taking my own life. And, and if you are in a season where that is a thought for you, uh, I really encourage you this morning to, to call someone right now, to text someone right now and, and say, that's the place that I'm in. Can you help? Um, let somebody know. And so in that moment of clarity that I was like, this is not a healthy place to be, uh, um, I shared that, uh, you know, it was, it was more, you know, 
my wife's an amazing person. She knew where I was at months before um, I did and, and had been trying to tell me <laughs> that, um, but shared where I was up to with uh, my senior pastors and, um, and um, yeah, they were great. So I got uh, uh, offered, by offered I mean told to take a couple of weeks off um, and I uh, was referred to a counsellor and I took a few days of personal retreat, um, just, just myself in a pastor's retreat place. Um, and I want to say, because I'm about to share something that just really shifted me significantly and lifted a lot of that weight off of me uh, in that season. But before I get to that, I do want to share that it was a journey. It wasn't just a click the fingers uh, and everything was resolved. It was a real journey of counselling and, and resolving some of these uh, tendencies of, of wanting to be perfect and, and realising that it wasn't other people's expectation all upon me, that it was, it was my expectations of what I expected that they expected of me. Um, which was as much of a vicious cycle as it sounds. Um, there was a journey of, of counselling and, and uh, rest and healing. And, um, but the reason I, I, I share this story is, is I got to this point of being on a personal retreat for a few days and um, I've always been an NIV person. I've always liked the NIV. It's kind of, I guess it's just the Bible I grew up with. Um, so I need to be careful I don't become like those who are like, it's the only, it's the Bible that Jesus used, so we have to use the NIV. Um, but it's, it's familiar and there's always been comfort in that familiarity. But, but in this season, I just felt like I was on retreat and I had this um, copy of the message uh, version of the Bible. And, and so I just felt that I... Uh, felt that I needed to um, read, I guess, a different version and the message is so different. I haven't usually liked it because um, it's so different. It doesn't have that familiarity. It's, it's good, but it doesn't have that familiarity. But I thought, I need to read something unfamiliar. So I had two or three days away to myself. I thought, I'm going to read John's Gospel, which I've always loved, but I'm going to read it in the message version so it's, in a sense, fresh. And so I was reading through John's Gospel uh, in the message and, and it was encouraging and I got to a sense the middle part of it. Uh, it's interesting this morning when I grabbed this off my shelf, uh, the bookmark in this, this uh, message translation of the Bible is still in exactly the same place. Uh, it's on John 15. And so I read in John 15:5, which, you know, in the NIV it says, you know, remain in me and you'll be abundantly fruitful. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Uh, and I was familiar with that scripture, but reading it in the message, um, it just transformed my life. It says, I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine. You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic. The harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. And so as I was reading through, that verse just leapt off the page uh, and launched itself into my heart. Uh, and, and part of that was I was reading it in, in a different version, so it, it read a little bit different, but I really think that was the presence of God uh, lifting out of the page, out of his word, uh, and encountering me. It made me realize that I have been trying so hard to produce that I'd lost a grip on intimacy, that intimate relationship with Jesus in the process. I love Jesus. Uh, my, my whole life was about him, but I'd, I'd shifted into being so determined to 
produce, to produce the perfect marriage, to produce being the perfect father, to produce being the perfect pastor, to produce enough money to survive, to produce, produce, produce. I, I, I was so desperate to produce, but that was all coming from me. That was all in my own effort. That that verse just leapt off the page at me and encount, God encountered me in that place and just broke off. And as I say, it was a process. There was counseling involved. There, there, was, there was healing involved. My wife was amazing. Um, she took time off to kind of help us reset the balance of our lives. And, and, and it wasn't just this one moment, but this moment was the turning point. This was the shift um, that, that instead of running around to try and produce all of this, that simply what I needed to focus on was abiding in an intimate relationship with Jesus. And, and so I'd, I'd really become the son who stayed home in that sense. I'd, I'd shifted in my relationship with the father to the point where, where I was, if not saying, thinking the same things that the older son said. And so um, just to remind us of, of the, the heart of the older son, the, the son who stayed home in Luke 15, verse 29, um, after, after this, the son who stayed home discovers that his father's throwing a party and he asks, well, well what's, what's the party going on? Why are all these people celebrating? Why are they getting blessed over there in that tent? What's going on? Uh, and the servant says to the, to the older son, the son who stayed home, well, your, your brother's come home, so your father's throwing a party. He's celebrating him. He's blessing him. He's pouring out all his value upon him. And, and so the son who stayed home, it says in uh, Luke fifteen twenty nine. well, I'm going to read 28 as well. The older brother became angry and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends and so in my trying to produce without abiding in my trying to uh, be fruitful without intimacy with Jesus I'd really become that brother who stayed home I'd slipped into a space of of not just serving God out of a heart relationship, but slaving to try and win favor from him. I, I'd slipped into a place where I felt like I deserved blessing. And, and I saw these other people who, who to me it looked like they were getting blessing and, and, and they were getting God's love poured out on them. And, and, and so that led me to that place of resentment with God that I've been working so hard and, and what do I get? Nothing. And, and so this, this verse, this John 15, 5, broke off that for me. It reminded me that God never wanted me to be his slave. God never wanted me to, to earn his favor. He simply wanted me to abide in him, to remain in him, to have an intimate relationship with him. I want to thank Alex for when I, when I shared about um, 
um, this uh, passage uh, of my life that I was going to share. She came up with this image. um, She found this image and I thought it was just perfect because so much of us were... We're faced with an overwhelming season in life. And, and for some of us, we were, we were overwhelmed before COVID-19 came along. Uh, and so this picture is just perfect. It just, it just so synced with my heart of where I was at in that season. Of, uh, at the front of my face, I, I was trying to keep it all together. I was trying to uh, present a good face to the world. But, but the back of me, uh, behind all of that, I was just been eaten away and, and it was just my head was exploding. Um, so I want to thank Alex for that. And, and I just want you to, to reflect on where you're at yourself. Are you in a season where you're simply just overwhelmed, where you've been trying to keep the, 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 the facade going, but behind all of that, behind the facade, everything feels like it's falling apart? As I said, for me, there was a, there was a process of healing. There was a, a need to come to the place and, and being a stubborn person, uh, being wanting to be that perfectionist, it took a, a complete breakdown moment for me to come to that place of crying out. Um, but that's where we need to get to, not to the complete breakdown moment, but we need to get to the place where we can cry out, where we can call out to God, but call out to other people in our lives, call out to uh, healthcare services and... and uh, and, and let them know that we're not going okay. And so I want to reiterate for me that there was this real moment of healing in my heart, but, but working that out in my life was a process of, of counselling, of, of my amazing wife supporting me, of, of having to continue to check my thoughts. Um, so the scripture says, take every thought captive and um, uh, submit it to the authority of Jesus. And so... Um, with those thoughts of, of death and, and wanting to escape this life, I, I had to begin the process of, of taking those captive and not dwelling in them, but, but taking them to Jesus and thinking, is this what he wants me to be dwelling on? Um, and so if you are in a place of being overwhelmed this morning, uh, my heart's cry for you is simply to, to cry out, uh, to let us know, uh, to uh, let somebody know that you're overwhelmed. That may not be the word that you're using for it in this season. Um, but if you're in a place of, of, of difficulty, whether it's because of uh, COVID-19 or, or because of anything else in your life, if, if you're in a place in this season where you're simply not coping, I, I really encourage you to cry out. Um, Carl's been putting some links to Beyond Blue and other places like that uh, on the stream. You can connect with those. Uh, you can connect with us uh, as a church through through um, the contact details, the forms, all of that on our website. Um, so I really want to encourage you to reach out. Uh, it's okay to not be okay, but I really want to encourage you to not stay in that place without letting someone know. Uh, it's, it's not okay in a sense, not in a judgment sense, but it's, it's, it's not okay to not be okay and to not let somebody know, to not let God know where you're at. So it's okay to not be okay, but I want to encourage you to, to not choose to stay there. And so this morning, um, I want to leave you with, with a couple of scriptures and, 
uh, as, as I've been saying over and over again, it was a process for me. Uh, I was quite fortunate, I think, that the process was actually uh, rather swift um, compared to what a lot of people experience. Not that I haven't had uh, moments, uh, there's certainly been moments since then where I've been struggling. Uh, but my journey out uh, was rather swift um, compared to what um, some people experience and um, I wasn't burdened with some other with other health complications that many people experience. So I don't want to say uh, that my experience was the worst ever. Um, but the turning point came with an encounter with God and His Word. And so this morning I, I want to leave you with a couple of scriptures. Of course I want to encourage you with uh, John 15.5. I don't think it's an accident that uh, God led us to to focusing on abiding in this uh, year um, that has been unprecedented. I don't think that's an accident. And and so we've been pushed into this um, situation where, thank God we can meet like this, but, but we're also isolated and so it's such a great opportunity to really dig into what it means to abide just you with intimacy in Jesus um, so I want to encourage you with John fifteen five to seek to remain in him or to abide in him and his promise to you is that you will be fruitful the warning is that apart from him we can produce nothing uh, but I also want to encourage you uh, with Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 to 30 where Jesus speaking uh, to those who were following him had these words to say and they'll be familiar to some of us and I want to say don't let familiarity with these words breed contempt for them this is the invitation of Jesus this morning come to me just those words are great aren't they when we're overwhelmed, when we're depressed, when we're in despair. There's so many places we go to. I know, you know Facebook, scrolling, news cycles, TV. Don't bother with Tiger King. I watched it for you. It doesn't fill your heart with what you need. There's so many places we go to. all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble gentle and humble and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light so this morning we're going we're gonna to sing a final worship song and I want you to take this moment this morning to come to Jesus to find rest for your soul the journey out of the place we're in right now it will be a journey it will be a process but but I believe this morning that for many of us there'll be a moment this morning as we come to Jesus we'll find rest for our soul one final scripture Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 
Well, here the writer of Hebrews gives us his, this invitation or this encouragement. Hebrews 4.16 Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This word grace, this is, this is really a word that sums up everything God is for us. So I want to encourage you this morning. Whether you feel like you deserve it or not. Whether you feel like you've earned it or not. As we sing now, um, and you don't have to sing, you can just let the words wash over you, but, but I want to encourage you to come to Jesus. Come to the throne of God's grace and receive help and empowerment for this time of need. In Jesus' name, I pray for you. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.